you kind of wonder what the disciples were getting at when they're asking this question to Jesus. They're always, they're always like trying to ask the question in the way that's going to get them in the least trouble. I think what they're really asking is, why can't we pull up the weeds? And what we know about the apostles, I mean, this is right in accordance with that. Remember the time when they're like, you know, they're passing through Samaria and they wouldn't let them pass and like, hey, can we rain down fire from heaven? It's like completely incommensurate, right? But this is what the apostles are wanting to do. And notice that when Jesus explains the parable, there's, there's no weed pullers in, in the parable. The, the servants in the, in the initial part of the parable, the servants were the ones who said, hey, can we pull up all the weeds? But then when he, when he explains the parable, Jesus doesn't say, he doesn't give anybody the servant. Nobody's the servant role. I think that's the apostles. The apostles were the ones who, we were asking the same question. Can we pull up these weeds? And I think that's a tendency that all of us have. We want to pull up weeds. We want to root out the, the evil in our midst. And the Lord gives us something entirely different than that. It goes against all of our, all of our sentiments. And it's frustrating for us. And this has always been frustrating for us because the field is the church. And the church is supposed to be the pure, spotless bride of Jesus. The church is full of saints, not sinners, right? No, unfortunately, there's a lot of sinners in the church. And there always has been, and there always will be. And there's always gonna be that tendency to want to root them out. And Jesus' answer is always the same. No, we're not going to go there. We're not, we're not going to cancel people because they are sinners or because they sinned once or because they're notorious sinners. We're not going to cancel them. And that's a lesson that the apostles are struggling with. I think it's a lesson that we're all struggling with. But what if the parable went kind of like this? There was a man, he went and he sowed good seed in his field. It started to grow up. But then at night, his enemy came and he sowed weeds all through the, the wheat. In the morning, the servant said, Master, look at all the weeds. Can we go pull them up? And the master said, Yes, pull up all the weeds. Are you more comfortable with that version of the parable? Or less comfortable? I find myself less comfortable with that version of the parable. Because I'm not quite so convinced that I'm wheat and not weeds. And maybe many of us can say the same thing. Or at least maybe, well, you know, 20 years ago, like now, now pull up all the weeds. But well, 20 years ago, do you still want the Lord to pull up all the weeds? Well, no, not, not 20 years ago. But now it's okay. No, but that's, that's precisely the point. Is that unlike ordinary agriculture, these weeds always have the opportunity to be transformed. Always have the opportunity of conversion. And that's what the Lord seems to be holding out for. In fact, that's what we got in the first reading. So St. Peter will later say, that the Lord's patience is ordered towards our salvation. He's patient with us. He wants us to transform. He wants us to be converted. And, and actually, we have many, many conversions that we need to undergo in our life. And so, what do we do, though, with the weeds? No, notice what the Lord doesn't say. 
The master of the house doesn't say to the servants who want to pull up the weeds, oh, no, 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 there's no weeds. You, you, just, you just have to look more closely. Like, no, he, there's weeds. He doesn't say, hey, don't be so judgmental about the weeds. No, they're weeds. You can, you can name a weed a weed. Well, how do we know a weed's a weed? Well, the servants clearly seem to know. They're, they're good enough at agriculture. They can figure these things out. Now, there was a particular weed in the Middle East called the darnel plant, and it, apparently it grew up very much like a, a grain of wheat. It looked very wheat-like uh, until, until late, closer to harvest. And so in those cases, well, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the expert. And there is, there is a, an aspect in our spiritual life and when we're looking at the, the fields around us and say, yeah, I don't know why that person did that or why they said that but doesn't seem right. But our call as Christians is always to give the most charitable interpretation possible. Most charitable interpretation that, okay, maybe they meant it this way. Maybe I misunderstood something. Maybe they, were, they, they didn't have the full details. And as far, and so far as we can, that's how we should proceed. Now, Sometimes that gets more and more difficult, and especially when the people we're talking about are very well-educated uh, priests or, or bishops or popes who should know all this stuff, and they're saying stuff that like, eh, that's, that doesn't sound quite right. But I think it's always more charitable. It's more charitable to think, rather, that somebody, rather than thinking somebody is intentionally being malicious, intentionally trying to do something destructive, intentionally sinning, it's always more charitable to think that they're ignorant or that they're an idiot or that they're really weak or that that's actually more charitable it's more charitable to think that somebody is uh is is just weak or ignorant now when we when we get to the this is what becomes particularly scandalous for the faithful usually is when when we do see those in the upper echelons the the hierarchy of the church as weeds and when they're saying things, they're like, well, that's, that's a weedy thing to say. And we can, we can actually name that. That's actually, that's actually fine. What we can't do is weed them out. What we can't do is condemn them. What we can't do is stop praying for them. But we can, we can name that and say, yeah, there's, there's weeds in our midst. And pray God I'm not one of them. What we're called to do is to look for the, the fruit, Right? So this is what Jesus says earlier. This, uh, he's just going on a list of how do, you, how do you, how do you, how can you tell? He says there's going to be sheep among the wolves. There's going to be wolves among the sheep. There's going to be fruit, bad fruit, good fruit. He's going all these, all these different ways that you can tell who is a disciple and who's not a disciple. And one of the ways that you tell is the relationship of the world to that individual and the relationship of the individual to the world. Because the characteristic of a disciple is that he will not be greater than his master. And if they hated the master, they will hate the disciple. We look at the, the great popes that we had in the last century, in the 1900s, and you could tell that they were great because the world hated them. Pope Pius XII hated him. They wrote all sorts of slanderous things about him, so much so that history has been completely rewritten that he, he hated Jews. Even though the head Jew of Rome after the war was over converted and took the Pope's name as his own. They hated Paul VI. Humanae Vitae, man, they hated that. The world hated him. 
Pope John Paul II, he got a little bit of a pass for a little while because he kind of helped take down communism and in the West we hate that. And so he got a little bit, but then once he started talking about all those other things, man, the world hated him. That's a really good sign. That's a really good sign that you're, you're on the right track when the world hates you. If the world starts singing your praises, ooh, look again. That's a dangerous, dangerous spot to be. And, it, and it's kind of easy when we're, when we're thinking about and talking about the, like the hierarchy and, and things because they're in the news and we get little sound bites and we don't know the full story. And, and again, at, at some point you can call a weed a weed. But what we can't do is stop praying for the conversion of the weeds and primarily and most importantly, this, this particular weed. We've got to pray and, and work on our own holiness, examine our own relationship with the world. Do, do my worldly friends know that I'm a follower of Jesus? Do they find things that I do weird or unsettling? Or am I just one of the crowd? That's really where we want to, we want to look. The Lord sees this field and he sees it as good, even though there's, there's weeds in it. We heard in the gospel recently that the rain falls on the good and the bad alike. The sun shines on the good and the bad alike. And so just because the rain is falling, just because the sun is shining, isn't an indication that I'm in a good spot with my relationship with the Lord Jesus. There needs to be other things in my life. And that's, that's the fruit. That's the fruit we want to, to look for. Uh, it's a fruit that we want to hope that other people uh, are aware of and see. I think so much of it is that, that relationship with the world. I think all of us, we want to be wheat. And we, like the apostles, want to pretend and call ourselves wheat. But it wasn't until, it wasn't for, for a while under their discipleship that the disciples could actually call themselves wheat. It's not until the end of his life that St. Paul can say, I've run the race I've won, I've completed, a crown of righteousness awaits me because if the Lord had plucked the weed 20 years before that, we don't have St. Paul. So if we want to be wheat, there's, there's, one, there's one really important part of the gospel we should look at. You know, Jesus talks about wheat. He says, unless the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain. But if it dies, then, then it bears much fruit. So if we want to be wheat, not weeds, well, let's be ready, let's be prepared to die.